Hello there, and thank you so much for tuning in today to Second Look, the show that's brought to you by Outset, where we pause and take a second look at things going on in politics and culture. And today is definitely more of a cultural segment. Um, We've got some scandals that we're going to be covering But really quickly, before we get there, I just want to mention our amazing sponsor, Octopod. I actually got contacted by a viewer of the show just this past week asking some questions about Octopod, and I was happy to answer them. Uh, And they ended up buying the Ion 3. They they bought the Ion 3 from octo-pod.com slash outset, and use the coupon code OUTSET at checkout, and you get 50% off. Now, I said we were going to be talking about scandals. (laughs) Scandals really are terrible. But as you all know, it's a given when we have a celebrity culture that celebrities will fall (laughs) because men do fall. And um, lately, what's been uh, in the news a lot is the Duggars and um, scandal with sexual abuse. And also, about six months ago now, uh, Brian Williams and his whole misremembering scandal. And I just want to talk today not about the juicy details of those scandals, but about what I've observed in the reaction to them. I... I I will say this, full disclosure, I watched Nightly News for many years and then switched over and watched ABC World News for many years, and now I don't watch either one of them. And also, my wife and I watched 19 Kids and Counting while it was on Netflix, and um, so I feel like, as an audience member, I know quite a bit about the Duggars and quite a bit about Brian Williams. And the, 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 this whole reality TV culture, let, let's just start with the Duggars, reality TV, it's really quite strange. I've never watched any other reality TV show, really, other than 19 Kids and Counting. Well, 17 and then 18, and but you know. Um, and the, you really feel like you get to know the people on the show. And I have never met the Duggars. And this whole incident really, as it did for probably most viewers, really caught me by surprise. I, I didn't expect any sort of scandal of this nature to arise from a family that, uh, at least on the TV show, seemed so perfect. But there is, as I said a minute ago, in a celebrity culture, celebrities will fall. Men are not perfect. Mankind. We are not perfect. We are all imperfect. We all 
do stupid things, we all do terrible things. Some people do worse things than other people, but I I I was shocked, you know, watch, watching this from an audience perspective. You you feel like you know the people and then something happens and you see you didn't know them at all. But what I really want to talk about today is the reaction to this Duggar scandal and from both the right and the left. And that's why I'm bringing Brian Williams into this, even though the scandals are totally unrelated. I have noticed, and you maybe have too, the perpetual outrage machine that is the internet, and especially social media. Uh, And I feel like even within that, especially Twitter, um, something happens and next thing you know, millions of people are tweeting in outrage about something. And I just read an article about, I, I don't know if you've heard of the, the hashtag from a while back, has Justine landed yet? Where a girl was flying to Africa and said, I'm going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Um, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that because I'm white. And by the, she tweeted that, got on her flight, and by the time she landed, um, millions of people had bombarded her accounts with hatred, and she had lost her job. And this internet outrage mob, I, I'm coming clean here, I used to be a part of it. When I first uh, signed up for Twitter, I would retweet things all indignantly, and I, I probably made a whole lot of my friends hate me for it. And it... Going back to what I said on last week's episode, hatred does nothing to advance the public discourse in a meaningful way. And with Brian Williams and with Josh Duggar, I... It, it's really put into my mind the example from Victor Hugo's masterwork, which I will just call Les Mis, because, believe me, you do not want to hear my French accent. Um, Javert. Inspector Javert. Uh, he, the, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story of Les Mis, uh, the protagonist, Jean Valjean, is imprisoned for stealing a loaf of bread. And then he has to stay in prison longer because he tries to escape a couple times. And then upon finally being granted his release, this Inspector Javert uh, brands him a dangerous man, which basically means he can never get employment, he can never... um, He'll always be an outcast from society because of this. And the reason why Javert does this is because he believes that people can't change. And a criminal is always a criminal. And he, he, takes, he doesn't take into account the fact that good people make mistakes or 
that sometimes people do bad things for good motivations or any of that. Um, Now, I would just like to say, though some people do bad things for good motivations, the ends do not justify the means, but I, I, I just don't want you to think I'm advocating crime here. And Javert is... I, I don't want to spoil too, too much of the story for you. He's, um, some people call him sadistic because he, uh, is ruthless in his pursuit of justice. And not just justice, but his notion of justice. That every criminal be punished severely for even minor actions. And... With Josh Duggar, I feel like many people have been very, very quick to condemn him. Now, I would just like to note that I do condemn his actions. His actions were bad. They were terrible. And they severely hurt his victims. But we've all rushed around on our high horses to condemn a person who did really bad things 12 years ago. But by all accounts, now he's a really nice guy. And, and what, what I have been observing on the internet is that people are not criticizing Josh Duggar because of what he did, they seem to be criticizing him because they like to feel morally superior. Oh, the Duggars sure seem like they have it all put together, and they talk about family values and morals, but, I mean, look at them. Their oldest son, their first child, he sexually violated his own sisters. That's despicable. And that is despicable. It, it, it's awful. And I feel so sorry for his victims. But what you have to remember is that through all this brouhaha, those victims are being forced to relive this. These records were supposed to be sealed um, at the request of a victim. And they never should have been released to the public. And having the public um, for the joy in seeing Josh Duggar be brought down to trawl these sexual assault victims through the street and make them relive their pain, is it's not fair to them. But on top of that, it's not fair to to Josh Duggar, and especially his wife, Anna, to to believe that he can't have changed. It's been 12 years. Um, Josh has indicated that uh, his relationship with God has fundamentally changed over the last 12 years. You, you can't just say... People have never changed, unless you're willing to be Javert. 
And if you've ever read Les Mis, or um, I've never read it because it's a long story, <laughs> and um, I have just seen the musical of it, if that's enough to know the story and to know that Javert is not a person you want to be. And so the reason why I bring Brian Williams up with all of this is that Brian Williams, by all accounts, is a good reporter who did something really dumb. He he said that he was shot down in combat and or under fire in combat and he wasn't he he was never even near it in in that helicopter ride that he has talked about in various places and it it's just dumb it it's not there's really no other word that's coming to my mind to describe him going around and saying this and yet i don't believe that we can all come around and gang up on him and say he should be fired he should be all this stuff he obviously doesn't respect the troops it's not fair to him D- tell me something have you ever told a lie if you're listening to this right now, tweet me. My username's at BreeGreenAZ. You can use the hashtag second look. Tell me, have you ever told a lie, even one, in your whole life? And if you say no, guess what? You just told one. Every person has told a lie. And Brian Williams, in all likelihood, was lying. It. I mean, it's possible that maybe he his memories were that wrong. In his apology, he indicated, he used the word misremember that indicates that he has memories of this happening. And to be quite honest, stranger things have happened in the human brain than memories being wrong. But in all likelihood, he probably was lying about this embellishing, making it sound more harrowing than it was. And there are various reasons why you might do that. But every single human being has told a lie. And to say that a man, just because he's a journalist, and (laughs) I feel like I'm kind of talking myself in circles here, but journalism is uh, an industry that needs integrity, unquestionably. If we have journalists running around and lying all over the place, we're in terrible shape. And so Brian Williams should be reprimanded and punished for this incident. And I think that his six-month suspension was an appropriate level of punishment for this. It indicates that his supervisors aren't going to tolerate this kind of behavior. It indicates that... um, it's a very serious thing. You know, six months without pay is it. It's a very serious offense, but I don't think he should lose his job for it. I think he made a mistake, but I don't think that means that we can claim any um, superiority, that we can believe that people can't change. People do change. And you know, if Brian Williams comes out and just says, look, I'm really sorry, I blew it, please forgive me, I'll be first in line.
to say yes. I'd love to see you anchoring the nightly news again. We get this perverse joy and satisfaction out of the misfortune of others. And um, Crystal Heath wrote a piece about this right after the Duggar incident where she talked about the biblical story of um, Jesus stopping the Pharisees from stoning a woman caught in adultery by saying, let you who is without sin cast the first stone. Crystal talked about how so often with these things we come and cast stones at others to feel better about ourselves. Um, we find joy in being Javert in seeing others get punished for the things that we deem as um, despicable. And when the whims of the masses are the measuring stick by which you're judging what is despicable and what is not, that could change. You know, I love in the Shakespearean um, history, Julius Caesar, I, I love the fickle nature of the crowds. You know, um, they assassinate Caesar and Brutus comes out and says look, we had to do this for the good of Rome. And everyone's like, yay, he's right. And down with Caesar. We're happy he's gone. And then they all leave. And Mark Antony comes out and says, hey, look, these guys are murderers. Caesar was great. What What are you doing cheering for them? You should be joining with me and rebelling against them. And they, they murdered Caesar. And the crowd's all like, oh, they murdered Caesar. We'd better go with Mark Antony. And, and, and this fickle nature of the crowd, it, it's so representative of actual human nature. One day we can be siding with one thing and the next day we can be siding for another. And for us to find this perverse joy in the misfortune, in the failings, in the despicable acts of others so that we can feel better about ourselves, it's frankly disgusting to me. And if you are part of the internet outrage mob, I hope that this will make you think and that the next time a politician or a celebrity or your boss or your spouse does something that makes you indignant or uh, outraged, sit back, check yourself, Check yourself before you wreck yourself. No, sit, sit back, examine yourself, and um, before you react, just think about it. Think about how you would feel if you were in their situation. And it'd have a big difference on our public discourse. Now, of course, our sponsor is the one and the only Octopod Mobile Charging Solutions, and they have great line of products. I am going on a trip uh, coming up pretty quickly here, and I am wildly excited to put my Octopod into good action, charging it uh, in the car while I'm on the go if car charger's not working, or even better, 
if the power goes out, I'd have it there with me. It, not even better, but <laughs> I I just hope the power goes out on the trip. Uh, no, but even more importantly, having that there as a backup power source in case something goes wrong or if we have a long day on the trip... I'm very excited to put this into good action. And if you want to uh, join with me and the listener that I talked about earlier on owning an Octopod Ion 3, head over to octo-pod.com slash outset and use the coupon code outset when you get checkout and you'll get 50% off for a limited time only, so you better hurry on that. And yeah, you too can be like the cool kids. Speaking of journalistic integrity, um, there was another scandal recently involving not NBC News, but ABC News with anchor George Stephanopoulos uh, who apparently was a major donor to the Clinton Foundation and a member of the Clinton Global Initiative. And everyone on the conservative side seems to be really up in arms about it. I am in the minority here. <laughs> I think there's no question that George Stephanopoulos is biased. He worked in the Clinton White House, so... You would expect him to be very passionate politically. And that's not something you can just turn off. But I think that journalists, more than being unbiased, they need to be fair. And you can make the argument that George Stephanopoulos hasn't been fair, but I would disagree with you. I I think as long as, if you're a candidate and you're sitting down with an interview with him, as long as you understand that he's going to disagree with you politically, he might even try to undermine you politically a little bit, but just take him for who he is, then there's nothing unfair about him treating you that way. Now, um, I understand that George Stephanopoulos has... uh, recused himself from moderating 2016 Republican debates. But here's another thing where I'm in the minority. I think he should do all of them. Well, not all of them, but I think he should moderate the ABC 2016 Republican debate. I think that the the GOP should make sure that it's candidates are prepared for the presidency, that they're able to stand up to scrutiny, um, and to kind of shake up what I feel is a very stale debate process. I think that George Stephanopoulos, Rachel Maddow, um, Chris Matthews, let them moderate Republican debates. Let them try their best to tear apart each candidate, ask them tough questions, and and make sure the candidates really know what they're talking about and are able to stand up to a moderator that's openly hostile. And I think that the Democratic um, 
excuse me, the Democratic Party, when for their debates, they should have Megyn Kelly and Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity moderate some debates. You're going to get an entirely different result than if, say, Chris Matthews were to moderate that debate. Now, in the general election debate, I do think it's very important to have journalists who um, have as little bias as possible in their reporting moderate those debates. For instance, I think that Jake Tapper should unquestionably be a pick to moderate a debate. I think he'd be fair and tough to both sides equally. But in the primary, I think the parties would benefit more from having someone in there challenging their candidates. It'd, it'd be, for me as a viewer, it'd, it'd be a lot more interesting to see how well a candidate stood up to hostility and how well they were able to defend their viewpoints and and not from someone who's asking soft and cushy questions. And furthermore, I I think that instead of like George Stephanopoulos, journalists who have biases, instead of having them masquerade as unbiased, I, I think it's better that their biases are out there in the public and used to their advantage and to the public's advantage. I, I talk, I'm very passionate about improving the state of civil discourse, uh, our national conversations, if you will. I And I think one of the big ways that we could improve civil discourse is to make people feel free to share their views. And that includes journalists in my book. I, Like I said earlier, I do think that it's very important that journalists be held to a high standard of honesty and integrity. But as far as political opinions, I think that each person is entitled to have their own opinion. And actually, I think the American people would be better off overall if every journalist who has as strong of political opinions as I feel, as, as I'm sure that George Stephanopoulos does, if, if every journalist who is that strongly politically affiliated, if that were a known quantity, then... I think it'd be better off for the public as a whole. So, long story short, I think journalists shouldn't hide their biases, and I think that the parties should indeed hire hostile journalists to moderate debates. Well, hey, that about wraps it up for today. If you disagree with me, let me know. If you agree with me, let me know. I really love to hear from you. I mentioned a couple viewers contacted me this week. That really means a lot to me. And um, you can find me on Twitter at BGreenAZ. And of course, make sure you follow at Outset Magazine and you're up to date on OutsetMagazine.com. Follow my amazingly, awesomely cool editor, at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins. Check out the other shows on the Outcast, Outcast, Outset Podcast Network. 
And make sure to subscribe in iTunes so you don't miss a single episode. And please give us ratings. We like the feedback and it helps us gain a lot of exposure if you go and rate us in iTunes. That about does it for today. I will see you next week. That about does it for today. I'll see you next week.